Welcome to the Health Daily Show, your go-to where leaders, founders, and investors share insights on growth, innovation, and business building. I'm Chitra Nabat, your host. Joining us today is Warner Thomas, Sutter Health CEO. Warner, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Great to be here today. Great to be at Health. Warner, Sutter Health, 11th largest health system in the country, third largest in California. You own and operate more than 20 hospitals, more than 30 ambulatory surgery centers, and facilities in Northern California, with roughly $15.5 billion in revenue. Share with us the dimensions and scale of Sutter Health. So really, we cover uh, Northern California from the Bay region into Sacramento, into the Central Valley. Our primary service area is about 13 million people. You know, we have nearly 5,000 physicians and our over seven medical groups that we have strategic relationships with. They're really part of the Sutter family. 12,000 physicians that really practice across all of our hospitals, you know, each and every day. We also have the 12th largest home care company in America. So very large home care platform, large ambulatory platform, more than 300 locations, as you said, over 30 surgery centers. So very comprehensive platform. We had about 100 or so thousand lives in a commercial health plan, looking to you know, scale that into other areas. So very comprehensive system covering a very large market. Given that diversity, what's unique and challenging about serving this clinical population as well as the clinical areas you focus on? So I would say one of the things interesting about Northern California that I found coming there is really access to healthcare is very challenging in Northern California. There's a large physician shortage. And frankly, we don't train enough physicians in California either. So we are trying to tackle these problems at Sutter Health by number one, expanding and hiring more physicians in our medical groups, which we're doing in 2023. We've made a commitment to grow our graduate medical education programs. We have a little over 200 residents throughout our platform today. We're going to grow that to nearly 900 over the next several years with new programs as well as expansion of existing programs. But access has been a surprise to me coming to Northern California, surprised that it's such a challenge in, in our region. What are the implications then in terms of operational pressure and on the economic side? So we've made a commitment, a large capital investment commitment of almost $800 million to expand our ambulatory platform. So balancing capital investment, balancing investment in physicians with, you know, making sure you're still financially stable, generate the right financial results. I mean, certainly that's a challenge for every health system today, as we see the macro issues of 11,000 people aging into Medicare every day. We know that when that happens, it creates revenue pressure for health systems. So we face the same thing. We're fortunate we have pretty strong markets and good mix of patients in our markets, and that does help us. But I think financial results and being strong financially is a challenge for every health system in America. And you see it in the results we saw in 22. 23 is obviously a lot better, but we're very focused on it and making sure that we can generate the financial results that allow us to turn around and reinvest back into the organization and back into the communities we serve. So given what you just said, let's go a little bit deeper, right? Challenging macroeconomic environment, recession, inflation, or recessionary, a lot of job cuts, especially in California, depressed to negative margins for most health systems in the industry. Sure. Let's double click. Top drivers for growth. Yeah, I think, as I said, you know, access big opportunity for us. That's why we're investing big in ambulatory. Continuing to shift our platform to be much more ambulatory oriented, much more of a distributed platform closer to patients and not just primary care, although that is a big issue and a big focus for us, but multi-specialty. I mean, we see opportunities to serve more patients across all specialties, you know, quite frankly. So, you know, that is a real focus for us. 
Yeah, I think the economic pressures, they're going to continue because we are going to continue to see growth in Medicare. And I think that's going to create pressure on health systems going forward. As you said, 23 is a lot better than 22. And, you know, we saw a lot of systems be challenged in 22, but inflation has been a real issue. Workforce and labor and, you know, wage pressure has been a real issue. So it's a challenging time. There's no doubt about it. Any specialty areas you're prioritizing more so than others? Yeah, I think we're working on kind of our system service line approach, focus on certain centers of excellence, cancer services, women's services, certainly primary care. We want to see a much bigger and we're going to be making a much bigger investment in mental health services. You know, today is World Mental Health Day. So kind of, you know, it's just such a huge need, right? And that is something that we believe will help us to take better care of people's whole health to take care of them from a holistic perspective. So mental health is another area that we'll be making those investments. But really, it's in, in a number of areas, and we're aligning our financial investments in facilities, our investments in graduate medical ed- education to align with that strategic direction of growing certain centers of excellence. Where do you innovate or drive differentiation in primary care? Yeah, I think it comes back to, in fee-for-service, it's hard to innovate, right? And it's just a challenge. When you move into more of a value-based reimbursement model, it really unleashes the opportunity to do things different, to be innovative, to be creative. And so we do see continuing to pivot more into that value-based reimbursement, especially in the Medicare area. Frankly, it's muscles that we've got to build and develop, and we've got a team that's focusing on that every day. It's an important strategic initiative for us, but it is about using digital technology to manage things like chronic disease, hypertension, diabetes. It is about using technology to help triage and diagnose mental health so we can kind of triage folks to the right areas and kind of help people, you know, build resilience. But I do think Digital is a piece of it. Moving from reactive, where people reach out to us, to being proactive, we're reaching out to them, making sure that we're staying on top of the things they need to do, that we're being much more preventative. So it is definitely a mindset change. And look, I'm not saying we've got this figured out. I mean, it is a process that you go through, and we're evolving that pivot and building those muscles within Sutter Health. Whether it's the infrastructure side, digital technology side, or just the operational side, where are you then prioritizing investing to achieve what you just talked about. And and even that pivot to value-based. So I think as we look at it, I mean, our first big investment has been ambulatory care. So making sure that we're building those facilities that will allow us to grow and expand our physician groups in our regions. I think the second is, you know, we see opportunities to grow in certain hospitals. I mean, we are not an overbedded region. We see uh, demand for hospital services that we can't handle every day. So we are making certain directed investments in many of our hospital assets. And then certainly our digital technologies. You know, we're announcing, you know, we're going to build a new innovation center in San Francisco. And it's not like innovation just happens in one center. Innovation should happen everywhere. But the idea of co-locating people together and having them tackle problems like building chronic disease, you know, digital models to bring companies in. There's lots of companies here at Health to bring them in and co-create and work together because we serve 3.4 million patients per year. We have, you know, 1.8 million of them seek us out for primary care. You know, we have a rich environment of which to innovate within. And frankly, we're located, you know, in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. I mean, we should be a digital innovator. We should be a leader in this area. And so we're definitely doubling down and making the investments there, expanding our team. And the Sutter Health Innovation Team has done a lot of great things. You know, one of those is an app called Scout, which is focused on mental health for 
teens and kids into their early 20s to help them build resilience. Yesterday, it actually just got uh, approved and is on the App Store on Apple, and it's actually working well. We've had it in pilot for a number of months. And so things like that and, and building that innovation, that capability is a muscle that we're continuing to evolve and that strength and capability that we're continuing to evolve within Sutter. How do you then think about balancing running the business with investing in innovation and changing the business, balancing expansion and squeezing to positive margins? Yeah. So I think it's a couple of things. One, let's talk about expansion versus, you know, you can't shrink your way to greatness, right? And we do a great job taking care of patients every day. Why wouldn't we want to take care of more patients? I look at it not as growth. I look at it as serving more people, taking care of more people, impacting more lives. So we want to impact more lives and have a bigger impact on the communities we serve. But we got to do that in a fiscally responsible way and make sure we have the economic results that allow us to turn around and reinvest back into the organization. So ambulatory is a big focus for us. Digital and making sure we build the right digital ecosystem. You know, our mindset and kind of our point of view, if you will, is that we have to have a large distributed ambulatory platform that integrates with a digital ecosystem, but it integrates together. You know, that we fight fragmentation of having one-off solutions versus bringing an integrated model to somebody to say, here's your digital capabilities, here's your ambulatory physical locations, and we can provide it to you in an integrated option. Now, that's a big lift. And frankly, there's a lot of incumbent systems that are having trouble making that pivot. But I do think the ones that are successful long-term are actually gonna do that well. So when you talk about the big lift, as well as a lot of point solutions, we're here at the health conference surrounded by hundreds to thousands of startups and founders who feel that they have solutions to help with that big lift. Some may be point solutions. Yeah. Are there specific areas where you're looking to partner with founders? And what's the criteria those startups have to fulfill in order to do business with yeah. you? So I would say a couple of things. It has to align with our strategic priorities about what we want to do. We don't want kind of one-off types of situations. It should allow us to take better care of patients, be able to run our organization better. Yeah, I do worry about the fragmentation from a clinical perspective that some of the, obviously lots of companies here, and I think we need to fight fragmentation. I don't think fragmentation is great for patients, but I would come back to, if you don't provide it for your patient, if you don't provide a digital option for them, they're going to go someplace else and get it. I mean, they're not going to just say, oh, well, I'll just go to Sutter anyway when I can get this digital option here. So you have to be able to provide it. And hopefully you can integrate it in a way that you provide a seamless experience for your patients versus them having to have 10 different apps or 20 different apps on their phone. You know, one for the dermatologist, one for primary care, one for hypertension versus an integrated model. Leadership. In career life business, there are rules, codes, norms to how things are done. Where have you been a code breaker and how did you do it? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a code breaker. I think that one of the things that's important in leadership is courage. I mean, you have to be willing to take risks. They got to be measured and understood. But if you sit back and wait for things to be perfect, it's never going to happen and you're going to miss opportunities. So you need to step out, have courage, set a direction, be clear about where you're going, and then be willing to pivot, to move, right? I mean, you're not going to get it 100% right. And as I tell a lot of our leaders, we're going to fail. Like, we're going to get some things wrong. And when I came into Sutter, I told them, I said, look, we're going to keep moving. We're going to make a lot of decisions. We're going to get some of those wrong. It's okay. We'll pivot. We'll move. We'll adjust. And that's happened, right? So I think as a leader, just understanding that and being clear about it is important. I think the other thing that I would say is just attitude. It is a tough time in healthcare. 
there is a lot going on. You look what's going on around here. There's a lot of complexity. How do you approach that? Are you approaching it from, why is this happening to me? And I can't believe this is going on. Are you approaching it from, well, this is really an opportunity. Like I can really make a difference in what I'm doing. And one of the reasons that I came to Sutter Health was, and look, I had a great experience. I was at Oxygen Health for 24 years, an incredible organization, incredible board, incredible leadership team, great colleagues. You know, Pastor Rain's on a Pete November. He's doing a great job. But I needed to do something new and different. And it took courage to do that. But I also have learned a lot in making that move. And I think it comes back to, you have to be willing to take on the new challenge. You have to be willing to move outside of your comfort zone. And so that's kind of what I try to challenge folks. And you're not going to get 100% right. It's okay. But if you don't make a decision, that's making a decision. And you can miss opportunities. Warner, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity.